Hello and welcome back to Ideas Matter. In this episode, we introduce our latest podcast series, which features all the lectures from our recent event, The Academy Online. The theme was The Elite, Old and New, and here, Jacob Reynolds, External Affairs Manager at BOI and co-convener of the Academy, briefly maps out the territory that will be covered in the five podcasts to come. Welcome, by way of introduction, I welcome back as well to uh, many of you who might have attended one of these Academy events uh, in the recent past. So, uh, But for those of you who haven't, the Academy uh, was launched in 2011 as a modest, but we hope, substantial attempt to try and show, and to show really in an age where scholarship is approached instrumentally and where there are widespread attacks on free scholarship and also where the legacy of the past is all too often passed over. Uh, this The Academy has always been an attempt to show what universities should be like, university as it should be is our unofficial motto. And in recent times, those of us who organise the Academy have been in the slightly odd situation of living something of a contradiction. We've been setting out to demonstrate what university uh, a real university style education might be like, but have done so over the last two years in a way that we would never say real education should be. That is solely online and via Zoom. So whilst it's been great to keep a semblance of intellectual life going through this odd period, we have been, it has to be said, reluctantly online. Now, we are excited, as I hope uh, many of you are, to return the Academy to its traditional format, which is a weekend residential event centered around good books, good food, good company, and a couple of good drinks. Um, and you all will be the first to know when we do so. We're very excited for that. But we can say that, um, uh, I mean, without being twee, every cloud has its silver lining. In the case of the Academy Online, we've been able to branch out intellectually across the world in these events. We've had had and heard from colleagues and friends from India to America, South Africa to Greece, uh, and plenty of other places besides. And we've been able to um, organize several events and sometimes at less notice than we would for the in-person ones. So you can go to the BOI Charities podcast, Ideas Matter, um, where there's a record of all of the lectures from these Academy Online events so far and taken together, I guess, those three events that we've had so far, there'd be a pretty good introduction uh, to the history of contemporary politics all by themselves. However, on to today, I guess, I mean, in all three of the previous Academy events, we've, I guess, skirted and skated around an issue that we're very excited to now confront head on, which is the question of who the elite are. If you're at all like me, you'll have been asking yourself this question a lot recently. This might have been when governments around the world lined up behind science and a scientific consensus to implement sweeping restrictions on liberty, along with some eerie pronouncements from international bodies about how we'll all love the new normal. Um, or it might have been when major corporations suddenly and almost uniformly announced sweeping policies to address racial injustice or similarly lined up to combat uh, Trump's re-election bid. Or when it emerged that major institutions uh, in society had been funding groups with radical and combative ideas about sex and gender. Or it might have been when you read the newspaper reports about how huge government contracts have been awarded throughout the pandemic to very close contacts of politicians. So contemporary events, it seems, almost lend themselves to vague statements such as those in charge or the powerful or the metropolitan elite or globalist international experts and such like. In other words, um, it might seem at times kind of obvious that there is such a thing as the elite and that this group 
use their power and influence to the detriment of the rest of society. But at the same time, you might have found it hard or even impossible to answer the question, well, what exactly do these groups all have in common? Um, what do earnest young civil servants commissioning a new policy on diversity have to do with seasoned executives at multinational firms? What do scientists advising governments have to do with international charities? Now, I mean, at least since the 1950s, philosophers and social scientists have been trying to grapple with questions like this. Many argued that power in the post-World War world was organized very differently to the pre-war world. No longer was it titans of industry or old aristocrats pulling the strings. And nor either was it really directly elected politicians either. If anything, many uh, commentators argued that major changes that politicians did implement in society, such as expanded social safety nets, greater involvement of labor organizations, the establishment of regulatory bodies to monitor industry, the creation of international bodies to reorganize the global economy, all of these tended to create maybe a new force in society, a group that some people call the new class or the administrators, the bureaucracies, the helping professions, technocrats and other such names. So from management consultants to social workers, from regulators to human resource professionals, from advisors at international bodies to new technical specialists. In advanced economies, it seemed that um, a, a new raft of well-educated managers were reorganizing society. Now, perhaps the only thing that this group shared in common was a new educational experience and ethos. They were those who took their guidance not from established ways of doing things, but from the abstract technical or sociological knowledge that they learned at universities. Um, in the shadow of the disasters of the world wars, that abstract knowledge produced in the universities seemed, many commentators have suggested, to provide a new source um, of authority. Now, another group of writers have asked, I've argued uh, that what this group had in common was another thing, with certain sets of economic interests. They didn't make their money through investing capital, nor selling their labor in the straightforward traditional sense. Instead, they sought a return on what you might call their social capital, their education, professional qualifications, networks and relationships and so on. They sought to curry favor with capital or the state which employed them, but they also sought to distinguish themselves from the traditional working classes who they were directly involved in managing and overseeing. So in other words, uh, this group had a unique economic position. Now, to finish off this little introduction to today's thing, we might say that this group which maybe we're justified in calling the new elite. Uh, maybe they had one other thing in common, which was a set of ideas or an orientation towards a certain ideology. Contrary to people on the traditional left, they didn't believe that the new history would be made by class struggle. And contrary to people on the right or the traditional aristocratic elite, they didn't believe that the ideas of the past, including the idea of the free market, could offer any guidance for the future either. Instead, they had what you might call a rationalistic ideology, that social problems were best solved by applying abstract reasoning and technical thinking. The tools they would use to uh, remake and organize society were not class struggle and economic analysis, nor were they the accumulated wisdom of the past. Instead, their tools were discourse, arguments, manuals, regulations, qualifications, science, and not just the hard sciences like physics or engineering, but also the new sciences of politics, sociology, psychology, and so on. They also turned to technology, the media, and the like. So if these were the tools, well, then the raw material for the new society was their fellow citizens. 
So again, unlike those on the traditional left who at least rhetorically called on their fellow citizens to join them in organized struggle, and even unlike the traditional elites who saw themselves at worst as benevolent shepherds or perhaps kind of exemplars, but this new elite instead had a very explicitly antagonistic relationship to the rest of society. Now, what I've outlined there very briefly is just, of course, one possible interpretation. Today is about thinking and arguing together so that we might get a better handle on the terms we throw about. And often people throw them about very conspiratorially, such as the elite or the powerful. It really is an open question, I think, whether, and this brings us right back up to date, whether the rainbow rebrand of major corporations marks the ascendancy of a new elite or is just a new lick of paint on a much older, much more traditional uh, elite and more traditional forms of economic power. To take us through this and to try and shed some light on this, we've organized today into three parts. Uh, and I hope you'll better stay with us for uh, the whole afternoon. The first bit, it, shortly, you'll hear a lecture from Professor Frank Frady, which, and the lecture will, that will explore the origins and consequences of the changing face of the elite. Then after that, after a short break, you'll have a choice of three discussions to attend. In one of them, Claire Fox will look at what we have called for these purposes the Stonewall phenomena, namely the mess that various institutions in society have got themselves into, adopting an ever-changing set of moral positions, uh, which is kind of epitomized by the ongoing debate about the influence of Stonewall in places such as the BBC. Or you can join Bruno Waterfield to look at the international dimension to the elite and how it's responded to and been challenged by uh, various populist shocks that have defined the last five to 10 years or so of political life. Or you can join Helen Sells for a discussion on even wars, masterpiece Brideshead Revisited for a look at how war captured the sense of an old elite and indeed perhaps an old world that was in terminal decline. Then finally, we'll reconvene together to hear from Professor Catherine Liu, who will be discussing her book, The Case Against the Professional Managerial Class. And the professional managerial class is the term many are using to categorize that new elite that I was referring to earlier. Now, one final thing. At the BOI charity, we've been working hard to keep intellectual life alive in the face of pandemics and restrictions on ordinary life. And we've got big plans now that life is returning to normal. Many of you have already donated generously to join these discussions. And for anyone who hasn't yet done so, please head to the boi.co.uk slash donate and give what you can. You've been listening to Jacob Reynolds, convener of the Academy Online, give some context for the talks covered in this podcast series, The Elite, Old and New. The next podcast features Professor Frank Faridi, who will reflect on the insecurity of the ruling class and the rise of the cultural elite. 